It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is June 12th, 2020. My name is Philip Ross. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can, of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to review a little bit where we left the magic. It's obviously been now... Scott, uh, three months since the Magic played basketball. They're already replaying Magic games from this year on Fox Sports Florida, done with the classic games, back to this year's games. Uh, and we're looking ahead in about, well, about uh, five, six weeks from now, the NBA season picking back up. So we're going to spend some time today kind of refreshing and reminding you where the Magic left off on March 11th when the season was officially put on Hades when the Magic played their last game in Memphis. We'll do all that coming up in just a moment. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you and pump this episode up again. It is on our feed. It is on every feed in the Locked On Podcast Network. Our roundtable on Black Lives Matter. Uh, some of the podcasters, some of the hosts of Locked On Podcasts throughout the network shared their experiences uh, as black, black men in, in America uh, and their reflections on this, this exciting isn't the right word, but this seemingly hopeful time where it does feel like there is a groundswell for change when it comes to civil rights in this country. As I mentioned, uh, when the protests really started picking up a few weeks ago, I am a white passing male. Uh, I, I I am Jewish, so I I. I have some understanding, not anywhere near the understanding that a, a black person has in this country. But the the job for us as those who are not people of color, uh, who, who cannot understand fully the experience that that our fellow citizens have in this country because of the color of their skin, our job is to listen. Our job is to uh, and this is the first step of our job. This is not our entire job, but the first step of our job is to listen, is to take the experience in and accept that it is a real experience that happens in America. And of course, the next step then would be to, okay, how do we fix, how do we fix this? How do we make this so that isn't the experience, so that we have shared experiences 
as American citizens, not as black Americans, white Americans, or, you know, whatever, whatever Americans. And I, I do think that what we've done here on the Lockdown Podcast Network by getting together some of our hosts who share their experiences is to give this opportunity to listen. And so I would highly encourage you to go back to yesterday's episode of Lockdown Magic. We'll still be here uh, when you want us. But I do highly encourage you to go back to yesterday's episode and listen to that roundtable. Most of the Lockdown hosts will be getting back to basketball starting today. We will be here on Lockdown Magic. And if you want the sports escape, if you want that, you can check out those podcasts wherever you download podcasts to search for Lockdown and the team you're looking for. Every team in the NBA is covered by a Lockdown podcast. You can find any information you want from any team, say the Washington Wizards or the Brooklyn Nets, the two teams the Magic will be competing with the most here in about a, in about two months. You can find all these podcasts wherever you download podcasts to search for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. When we last left the Orlando Magic, though, the Magic were riding high. They had gone out on the road on a four-game road trip at Miami, at Minnesota, at Houston, at Memphis, and had won three of those four games in really impressive fashion. In fact, that they lost to Miami only by three and had a Aaron Gordon three-pointer to force overtime. They went to Minnesota, had their best offensive output of the season, and dominated that game really from start to finish. The only thing that really derailed it was a poor fourth quarter with the lead well in hand and Steve Clifford having to go to the hospital with dehydration. They went to Houston and put in perhaps, you know, not their best, but one of their best overall performances, going up by 30 on the Rockets and just dominating that game from start to finish. The Rockets, just a team that worked Orlando earlier in the season behind James Harden, 60 points. Orlando dominated that game. And then they went to Memphis. And fell down by 16 in the second quarter, rallied to come back, buckled down defensively, and picked up a huge win against their Western Conference counterpart, their, the eighth place team in the Western Conference. Orlando was riding high. They had won, I think it was eight of their last 12 games, three of their last four now, three game win streak. And they were facing perhaps the easiest part of their schedule coming up. We'll talk about that in a moment. The Orlando Magic truly believed that they were playing their best basketball, that they had found and figured out something, and that they were ready to make a huge playoff leap. They had the day off on a Tuesday. They had another game. They had a practice on a Wednesday, Wednesday, and then would play the Chicago Bulls on Thursday, but of course they wouldn't get there. The season was put on hold that Wednesday night. Chicago, uh, Chicago was probably sitting waiting in Orlando, but... That game never played. Nobody got their Jonathan Isaac bobblehead dolls. Jonathan Isaac bobblehead doll was very, very upset. But the Orlando Magic were undoubtedly making a turn. And of course, the hope is that they'll be able to pick that rhythm back up. Obviously, the schedule will be a little bit tougher, but they'll be able to pick that rhythm back up and find their offensive footing again. The numbers on the Orlando Magic's offense were... Just staggering. For the season, Orlando is just 24th in the league in offensive rating. 107.5 points per 100 possessions. They are 28th in effective field goal percentage at 50.3%. They are 25th in three-point field goal percentage at 35.1%. We all knew entering the season 
that the Magic were going to struggle offensively, that they were not a good offensive team. Even Steve Clifford kind of had to admit that. His goal for the team, for them to be successful this year, was to be top 10 defensively and to be top half of the league offensively. If they did that, they could have a successful season. Well, you know, turns out they're not a top 10 defensive team, at least to this point. And they're in the bottom five. They spent most of the season in the bottom five of the league in offense. But something dramatically changed. A team that couldn't score, couldn't shoot until heading into the All-Star break came out of the All-Star break sudden juggernauts. In the 10 games since the NBA All-Star break, the Orlando Magic have posted 117.8 points per 100 possessions. They started shooting the ball much more effectively but not necessarily from three-point range. Orlando was just able to get into the paint a lot more and pick up their pace. It wasn't necessarily that the Magic did a whole lot differently. They put the ball in Mark L. Fultz's hands a little bit more. They had Aaron Gordon operate in the mid-post rather than beyond the three-point line. They put Nikola Vucevic in the post a little bit more. They just started to make a living in the paint. And in fact, Orlando's points in the paint increased from 44.7 per game, 26th in the league before the All-Star break, to 51.8 per game, 7th in the league after the All-Star break. I mean, obviously, the simple answer has always been make shots, get easy shots. And the Magic started doing that, getting into the lane. Because they were not shooting three-pointers particularly well still. Aaron Gordon and Nikola Vucevic were both under 30%. And yet, both were playing their best basketball of the season after the All-Star break. Aaron Gordon became a triple-double threat, averaging six assists per game in the 10 games. He only played nine of those 10 games, but in the 10 games after the All-Star break. Nikola Vucevic was back scoring over over 20 points per game. The real difference was Terrence Ross came out of his shooting funk, shooting a flamethrower 50.6% from beyond the arc. Michael Carter-Williams suddenly became not just a defensive ace, but a strong three-point shooter at 36.4%. Evan Fournier remained consistent at 39.6%, but the Magic were just making, getting better shots, getting, the, getting shots to their best shooters, getting into the paint, and picking up the pace. Markel Fultz was on the ball a whole lot more, and that helped a lot. His confidence soared, and the Magic started moving a lot better. They started playing with the kind of pace that they've been looking at all year long. Not just, as I've mentioned on this podcast several times before, not just pace in terms of number of possessions, but pace in terms of how they're running and moving through the offense. A lot of this had to do with lineup consistency. Bringing in James Ennis, who's a capable shooter, not a great shooter, but a capable shooter and strong defender, moved Aaron Gordon to the four and kind of put everyone back in the right spot. It all helped. Orlando's ball, Orlando's passing was much better. The ball movement was better. They got better shots. And unlike earlier in the season when they were missing a lot of wide open shots, they made those shots. The equation is often that simple. The question is whether the Magic will carry this offensive surge over in the three months since the season went on hiatus. And it's honestly a question that I think is fair to say is not one the Magic can rely on because the while 10 games is not insignificant, it's not an insignificant sample size, 
10 games is still small. It is still not a lot. It is still... It is still just not big enough to make any conclusions. And the weight of the evidence would tell you this Magic team is not a good offensive team. That's what the weight of the evidence says. And it is fair to assume or fair to worry or fair to say the Magic are most likely going to come back from the Hades and look more like that team than the post-All-Star break team. Now, Steve Clifford figured things out. The Magic as a team figured out how to play together and how to be successful. And that's something. That's what the Magic rode last year to get to 22-9. When they found something that, you know, I, you, you give Steve Clifford credit for this. It might take him a while to find the right lineups. He might stick to his ideas a little longer than, than he probably should. But when he finds an idea, he grinds it to the ground. And when an idea works, it really works. And so he's going to carry over what worked uh, after the All-Star break. He said that he has been reviewing tape and, and finding little things to fix as if he was going through an offseason. So when they re-enter training camp, there's going to be new wrinkles. Now, granted, I think Clifford overthought last last summer a little bit and led to some of the struggles offensively that 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 the Magic had because he was trying to do a little too much, trying to change a little too much that maybe didn't need complete changing. But the bottom line is this. We know the Magic are a capable offensive team. It is in there somewhere. And they did it against quality opponents, like pretty good opponents still too. And so the question is whether Orlando can shoot consistently enough to make the offense a real weapon. Because... As good as the offense was, the Magic are still a defensive team. And that's the part where we left off that has a huge, huge question mark. When you have a question, though, you usually turn to a book. You know, whether it's a, whether you, a, a, a question about a fact, whether it's a question about advice. Books are such a great resource you know, hearing the, the thinking of others, you know, getting getting advice, get, absorbing ideas. It is the best way to learn new things. And we all want to learn new things. We all want to keep learning and keep studying. I'm constantly learning. I'm constantly reading. I love, you know, honestly, I, I think I say this on the podcast a lot. I don't mind being wrong. Like if I try something out, I come to a conclusion and that conclusion turns out to be wrong. I actually find that exciting. Because that means I get to learn something new or I get an experience that is is new to absorb. That's one of the reasons I don't like making predictions because I am wrong a ton. And I love being surprised when I'm when I'm wrong, for the most part. Sometimes I'm disappointed, but, but that's neither here nor there. But we don't always have the time to read all the things we want. And that's why Blinkist is really unique. It is the incredible app that gives you access to all the great think all the great thinking and all the great knowledge that is out there. Blinkist works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. It takes the best key takeaways, the need-to-know information, from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. Successful people like business leaders are well-known for reading a lot of books. Blinkist is made for busy people like you who want to get the main points of a book quickly 
so you can start using that information right away. And with its audio feature, Blinkist makes it easy to finish a book during your commute, on your lunch break, or while you exercise. 12 million people are using Blinkist right now, and it has a massive and growing library from self-help, business, health, to history books. Blinkist has the latest titles from the bestsellers list, as well as the classic nonfiction titles you always meant to read, but never had the time to. Check out some of the great books on Blinkist today, or Blinkist today, sorry, um, including Upheaval, Turning Points for Nations in Crisis, The Sports Gene, Inside the Science of Extraordinary Athletic Performance, and This Is Your Brain on Sports, The Science of Underdogs, The Value of Rivalry, and What We Can Learn from the T-Shirt Cannon. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read or listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books. All the books you want and all for one low price. Right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com NBA, try it free for seven days, and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T. Blink like your eye, ist like ist. Um, Blinkist.com slash NBA to start your free seven-day trial. And you'll also save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash NBA. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. So we talked about the offense. What about the defense? Where did we leave the Orlando Magic's defense? Well, the one thing that we thought we could count on the on the Orlando Magic this year was their defense. Last year, when they made the playoffs, it was because their defense suddenly became one of the best defenses in the league. They had a top 10 offense toward the end of the season, but their defense was the key to everything. Orlando finished eighth in the league in defensive rating last year, and that was a huge step up for this team. And That is ultimately what Steve Clifford teams hang their hat on, and that is what this Orlando Magic team hangs their hat on. But the Magic's defense this year has slid. Yes, Orlando had probably the best, or Orlando had the best offensive rating in the league at 117 points per 100 possessions after the All-Star break, but their defense slipped considerably even in that time. 115.9 points allowed per 100 possessions, 26th in the league. So yes, In the 10 games after the All-Star break, the Orlando Magic's offense was actually carrying the team. It was the offense that was leading the team to victory. And it wasn't just that post-All-Star break swoon. Orlando struggled a lot after the All-Star break, but it was something that was consistent and constant 
after the early part of the year, after the injuries really hit early on in the year, Orlando never really got its defense like back under kind of an elite control. And, and that's ultimately where the Magic want to be. Yes, the Jonathan Isaac injury hurt a lot. Um, Jonathan Isaac was probably in line to be on the all-defensive team. Uh, he covered a lot of mistakes and, and was a big part of the Magic's success. But undoubtedly, the Magic's defense has not been what they hoped it would be. Um, some of that is, you know, maybe, you know, yes, Nikola Vucevic was better defensively than, than maybe he was a few years ago, but not as good as he was last season. And kind of he kind of reverted back to some of his struggles, especially in drop coverages, which the, which the Magic should be using with Vucevic, by the way. I don't think they should be blitzing too much with Vucevic. Um, everything, you know, Markel Fultz is, is certainly a capable defender, but he tends to wander a little bit when, when he's playing defense, especially when he's off the ball. Uh, and so he's, you know, a rookie, and rookies make defensive mistakes. Um, Aaron Gordon's been a pretty solid defender. You know, Evan Fournier is good for what he is. The Magic are not a team that are full of fantastic defenders. But as a team, as a unit, they really hold true to their principles, and they play well. The Magic are built on defense more than offense. That is the biggest key to their success. And especially after the All-Star break, that wasn't there. The Magic were able to succeed despite it. But make no mistake about it, when the season resumes, the Magic are going to need their defense more than ever. Because uh, coaches will tell you, offense is easy, but a lot of it is kind of luck. It's stuff that's out of their control, at least. Um, You know, Stan Van Gundy used to always say, it's a make or miss league. You know, my job is to put you in position to take a good shot. Whether you make it or miss it, that part doesn't matter to... No, that part does matter, but that part isn't as important as the process to get it. Whenever, you know, we hear like the Greg Popovich tree always say process over results, this is what they're talking about. The process of getting a good shot is more important than necessarily the result of an individual shot. Because if you go through the process and do the right things over and over and over again, more likely than not, the results will be good. So offense isn't usually the concern for most of the elite coaches. It's defense, because defense is all about effort. It's all about positioning. It's all about teamwork. It's all about communication. There's a lot more a team can control on the defensive end. And that's why Steve Clifford has hung his hat on defense. That's why the Magic have had to hang their hat on defense, because they don't have the offensive weapons to typically outscore opponents. Getting back to a defensive commitment is a huge deal. And the Magic are probably going to spend a good chunk of their training camp, of their retraining camp, getting their defense right, getting their defense set. And hopefully, you know, if judging by how well the Magic play defense at the beginning of the season, of the regular season in October, that will probably help get things back on the right track. I wouldn't say they will be on the right track, but they'll be back on the right track at that point. But there are signs the defense was coming around for the Orlando Magic. The first three quarters against the Houston Rockets, the Magic played some pretty good defense. It was, you know, maybe, again, a fourth quarter that didn't matter where Orlando lost, let some slippage go. Uh, in the game against the, the Minnesota Timberwolves, Orlando dominated the first three quarters and it was only the fourth quarter that really brought Minnesota back into the game. And in fairness, both Minnesota and Houston were two of the top offensive teams in the league after the All-Star break. They were going to score their points anyway, even against quality defense. The Magic, observationally, were playing better defense in those games. They weren't maybe the dominant force that they were uh, last year, 
but they were still very, very, very good. And again, that's it was all trending in the right direction. The Memphis game was not a defensive masterclass, but the Magic reached down and found their defense in that game. You don't come back from 16 down on the road against a playoff team without playing some good defense. And Orlando played some great defense, especially in the second half when they built their lead back up, or when they when they came back in the game and built their lead. They were pr- pretty good. Now, not flawless by any means, but you know whatever lax defense they were playing in the first half, they picked it up in the second half. So there were signs when the season closed that Orlando was getting their defense back under control. I don't want to say they were turning a corner because they had a long way to go for that. But they were getting their defense back under control. And that's what the Magic are going to have to do when the season resumes. Obviously, they're playing much tougher opponents. They're not going to be playing the soft schedule that they were supposed to play. They're going to be facing the best teams in the league. And against the best teams in the league, you've got to hold truer to your identity than ever before. Orlando's identity is really built on a few things. They don't turn the ball over, they get back on defense, and they defend well. They are hard to score, they don't beat themselves. That is Steve Clifford's MO. The Magic are not a high turnover team. They are usually pretty strong defensively. They're very tough to score against. You're not going to have an easy time against this Magic team. And honestly, just being that, just having that as your identity in either conference, honestly, is probably enough to make the playoffs. Just to, that is the bare minimum of a culture uh, and, and an identity. And, and you know, again, it's something that we've talked a lot about over the court over the last few years about this Magic team finding an identity. This Magic team has it. But in the ten games after the All Star break, they kind of forgot it. That kind of wasn't who they were. And so the question is. When we get back in a training camp in a couple weeks here, what is this team's identity? What is this team going to count on after a three-month hiatus? And it better be the defense. It has to be the defense if the Magic want to experience any success, if they want to make the playoffs. This is who the Magic are. And it's not who they were coming out of the All-Star break. But I tell you what, if... You're trying to recover, you know, the Magic could be playing a lot of games over the course of a few days uh, whenever the season picks back up. The schedule's not out yet, but we're expecting essentially a a game every other day with a back-to-back thrown in there at some point. I know when I work out, I need a little bit of an energy boost to kind of back my work up, up and get back to my day. And that's why I rely on Built Bar. It is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It comes in 16 amazing flavors and is covered in 100% chocolate, which is frankly a requirement for me for any protein energy bar. I, I need that chocolate. I need that chocolate fix. I have a sweet tooth. What can I say? They're soft and easy to chew, so none of that crunchy granola stuff that's just annoying or thing that looks like it's a soft, chewy bar, but is kind of not and has that, it, 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 it's not good. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious person. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. 
Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. So the Orlando Magic left off in a really, really good spot. Their offense was streaking. They were they finally figured out how to score, to be frank. Their defense was shaky but coming around. You know, it seemed like it was picking up it, its pieces. And the Orlando Magic truly believed when the season went on hiatus that they were set to make their playoff run, just like they did last March uh, in, in 2019. They used March, a home-heavy March, to really solidify their playoff spot and make up the ground that they had lost. This season was no different. In fact, I'm pretty sure you could go back to our schedule preview episode in August, and I will probably sit... I'm pretty sure I sat there and said, the goal for the Orlando Magic is get off to a hot start, which they did not, survive December, January, and get to March. Give yourself the opportunity in March to make up ground and zoom ahead to the playoffs. We all looked at March, especially this stretch that was coming up right when the season went on break, as the Magic's big opportunity to pick up ground and to take a huge step forward. We assumed that would be competing for the sixth seed, maybe the five seed, but instead it was their opportunity to avoid the Milwaukee Bucks. The Orlando Magic were about to hit the softest part of their schedule. And Steve Clifford said, I believe he said like the, the December schedule was one of the toughest schedules he'd ever seen it, seen from it for an NBA team. And the Magic's December and January were very, very tough. And the fact that they survived that is a huge testament to how much they'd grown over the last two years. But this was their big chance. They were playing their best basketball and they were starting the easiest part of their schedule. Eight of the Magic's next 10 games were going to be at the Amway Center. And yes, Orlando had a modest 16-15 and 15 record, but that is still big opportunity. You don't waste opportunities at home. But it wasn't just that most of those games were at the Amway Center. Nine of the Magic's next 10 opponents were against teams with records worse than 500. Coming, you know, coming home from that road trip, they were going to face Chicago, Charlotte, Brooklyn, Detroit, Brooklyn, Sacramento, and New Orleans. And Indiana is thrown in there somewhere too. Again, those, those first games coming out of the break, 
Chicago, Charlotte, Brooklyn, Detroit. Those first four games. Chicago, you know, Chicago's not a bad team. Charlotte's not a bad team. Detroit was abysmally bad. Brooklyn is Brooklyn obviously would have been one of the biggest games of the year. But it, it's hard not to believe the Magic could, weren't going to get three out of four wins in that in that in that run. It's not hard to believe that the Magic would be riding some momentum into games against the Kings and the Pelicans. Pelicans are a very tough team, or back to get to play the Nets again. It really felt like the Magic were in a prime position to beat up on this part of the schedule. And that's frankly what the Magic had done all year long. The Magic were incredible, or maybe not incredible, but the Magic were a very strong 25-9 and against teams with records worse than 500. The thing the Magic have struggled with most this year is their ability to beat quality opponents, to beat winning teams, teams that are heading to the playoffs. The Magic are notably 0-8, against the teams, the top three teams in the Eastern Conference. They will have, they potentially could have one more game against both the Boston Celtics and the Toronto Raptors. I'm only projecting them to have one of those games. But Orlando struggles against the very best teams. The Lakers are the only like real, real good team that they've beaten. They beat the Rockets, obviously. They beat the, they beat the uh, Sixers twice. Not a lot of wins against winning teams. I mean, those are four of the five right there, and I'm blanking on that last one. It's, it's escaping me. It might be Memphis. But that's obviously not going to be the reality. The Magic won't get the benefit of this schedule, of the schedule that they had been waiting for and worked hard to, to survive and reach all year long. If the season had continued as planned, it's pretty... I feel like it's pretty safe to assume the Magic were going to get seventh. Even if they lost both those games to the Nets, the schedule was set up for them to hit seventh place. That closing kick was very difficult, don't get me wrong. But the Magic had everything lined up for them to succeed and to achieve at least their short-range goals. That's not entirely the case anymore. It's like I said, Orlando only has five wins against teams with winning records this year. That is the fewest of any team heading into the bubble or heading into the campus setting at Disney later next month. And so the Magic have their work cut out for them. Now, they will get some of the benefits of the schedule. They will likely play Brooklyn once, if not twice. They will probably play Sacramento, which Sacramento is playing very, very well. I'm not taking anything away from Sacramento. Sacramento is below 500. Those are the kind of teams that the Magic have beaten all year. New Orleans is in the same boat. Brooklyn, again, Brooklyn is, there's at least one game against Brooklyn coming up, if not two. Brooklyn's in the same boat. The Magic are likely to see some of these quote-unquote easier opponents. They're not easy by any stretch of the imagination. I don't mean to describe them like that. But they're going to see some of these teams that they have done a very, very good job competing and beating all year long. The teams that are even with them in the standings. Remember, they have a 2-0 lead over Brooklyn. They swept Washington. They swept Memphis. They're very, very capable of beating teams at this level. But it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be that easy. There will be no nights off when the campus setting begins. And that schedule the Magic had been working so hard for that that, you know, they had 
clearly been looking forward to. I think, I, you know, you can tell by, you know, even how Steve Clifford and Jeff Weltman have talked about the schedule they were supposed to play. They really believe something special was brewing for this team. And of course, now you got to start over. Now you got to start over, not only start over, but start over against the best of the best, the quality opponents in this league. And that's where the magic are left off. And, and honestly, that's the overarching conclusion of all this. We last left the Magic. They had figured some things out offensively. Their defense had kind of gotten off the, ra- the rails and they were starting to rein it back in and they were looking ahead to a- a- an easy schedule. And all of that is just wiped off. You hope you can learn the lessons and gain the lessons uh, that got you to that point, to the precipice of, of where the team really thought it should be. You hope you've learned and remembered those lessons, but now you got to go to work to get them back. And once training camp opens again, that's going to be the biggest task for the Magic, to rediscover that rhythm, to rediscover what, rediscover what makes the team potentially great. And of course, that's not going to be easy. This team's going to look very different. It's not going to be picking up right where they left off. It's not going to be like that for any team, by the way. And it's going to be a lot of hard work and it's going to be a lot of perhaps frustration to get back to it. But that feeling the Magic had on that floor in Memphis is so, so key. The Magic were turning a corner. They were playing their best basketball of the season. And that's where we left the Magic last time. Before we say goodbye today, though, your car is your baby. Maybe you don't. Maybe you didn't name it. Maybe you did. But you want to take care of your car in the best way possible. But taking care of a car is not an easy thing, especially if you're not a car person. You don't always know exactly what's going on, and and dealers sometimes can be a little deceptive. They're trying to sell you something. You know, they're trying to they're trying to keep you in the door, so to speak. Well, if you're trying to do it yourself, if you're trying to fix your car yourself, knowing that you are at a place that you can trust and, and, is, and is going to treat you the same way as every other customer is so, so key. And that's why rockauto.com is the place to go. It is a family business serving auto parts customers online for the last 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need, a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand's specifications and prices you prefer. Never guess if your local store has the part that you need. rockauto.com gives you that answer directly. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. 
That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at underscore MD. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the places on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. Be sure to check out the latest episode of Locked on NBA, whether it's on this feed or on the Locked on NBA feed. Go back to yesterday's pot, yesterday's show and listen to our Locked on Black Lives Matter special roundtable. Um, again, it is it is our responsibility as, you know, as it's my, I'm, I'm going to speak personally here, it's my responsibility as someone who is passing white, who is not a person of color, uh, to listen and to be open-minded and accept the experience of our black brothers and sisters, uh, for, for lack of a better term. You know, we're all, we're all Americans, we're all in this together, and for far too long we've ignored the experience of our fellow citizens. And it is, it is important as a first step to listen to those experiences. And I think we've done a really great thing here on the Locked On Podcast Network, bringing together Locked On hosts who share that experience. So be sure to listen to our Black Lives Matter special. It's on yesterday's, feed, yesterday's episode here on this feed it is on the Locked On NBA feed as well. It is well worth your time. Be sure to listen to it today. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Ross from Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.